All right, welcome, welcome. This is the Patriot Trading News Hour. It is Friday, May 6th, and uh, Joe is uh, happily going to see his one of his sons uh, graduate college, so he had to get out, uh, get over there, and uh, I'm going to go solo. I'm your co-host, Jason. Uh, man, it's a... Uh, been a, a crazy couple of months, and Joe's been, you know, calling it March Madness and uh, April Madness, and the madness continues. He's he's exactly right about that, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Joe, when we got off the air from uh, Half Empty Cup of Joe, was pretty sure the markets would continue to tumble, and he thought gold would even go into negative, but gold held yesterday, which is great. Uh, it, it's always good to see everything falling and gold either holding or going up a little bit, and uh, we're seeing the same today. Uh, the markets aren't uh, going into complete free fall, but, you know, you get another half percent down on the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ. Uh, you, you know, you're starting to see uh, the, the big the big stocks starting to have stress. You know, some of the big stocks were losing 5% yesterday. You know, st- stocks like Apple and Microsoft and uh, Facebook and all of that. So uh, when the big the big cap stocks start to tumble, you know you're on the edge. And now, and now the Dow is... is Kind of gone below that thirty-three thousand number. The S and P has now gone below that forty-two hundred uh, number, and the Nasdaq has now gone well below the thirteen thousand number that's been holding for about a year as the inflation rages. So, uh, great time to get onto gold and silver. And I think we're going to see in the next months, in the next year or so, you're going to see a lot of downward pricing in homes, stocks, uh, everything. And if the inflation continues and assets continue to tumble it's something that we really haven't seen for a long long time so gold and silver even if even the ups and downs of gold and silver i think you'll see at worst gold and silver going sideways sometimes and then when things get really tough october is what is, is joe's prediction somewhere around there i agree with that gold and silver will bounce and start going up because here's the thing if there's you don't know where to put your money, and, and, and there's, it's hard to figure out where to invest it. That you want to find find that one company or that one thing that's going to help grow your money, then you put it in safety. And with inflation, you can't just hold it in cash. So it's going to be gold and silver. So the number to call, we are Patriot Trading Group. In case you're in case you're one of those few people that comes on every day, and new listeners, and we're getting new listeners all the time. We are the Patriot Trading Group. We're based out of Arizona. Uh, myself, Jason, and, and my partner Brian, we're we're based in the Colorado office. Uh, as of 2018, uh, the way you get a hold of us is calling 800-951-0592, uh, and that will get you uh, get get you uh, one of the girls in Arizona, and, and uh, they'll, they'll help you with your order because we uh, we do have a gold special that we're holding from yesterday, uh, twenty dollar liberties, one ounce old gold, pre 33 gold. You know the gold that we used to be our money that we actually spent. Uh, yeah, those coins. You know, they made gold illegal in 1933, and then they uh, they confiscated all of these uh, five dollar and ten dollar and twenty dollar liberties, even the two and a half dollar liberties, the one dollar liberties. You know, all, all these this money that we actually spent that kept America great and kept us free that was all confiscated. And we may touch on that a little bit today on today's show. I'm going to really uh, go after central banking is uh, exactly what it is, who it is, and and. Uh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to play that Glenn Beck piece that we played. Uh, I've got it in the uh, in the queue to play once in a while in your listening experience on different shows. Uh, it's a good piece to listen to. Glenn Beck exposed the the real spending during the 08 financial crisis, the housing crash, and what they actually spent, which was not just five trillion. And 
So for some of you listeners, you've heard some of this, but it's, it's, it's worth a listen again. And then as the show progresses, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of my favorite uh, material, which is, you know, this stuff's been going on for a long time. And I'm going to talk about Andrew Jackson much more in detail than I usually do. I, you know, if you hear me regularly, to hear me talk about it, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about what happened around his elections in 1824, 1828, 1832, what the banks were doing, and why we need to have our country and our treasury controlling the printing and the making of actual fiat or paper money, uh, gold or not. You know, we, sh- we should have our own money. Uh, you know, a-, a nation cannot be sovereign if it does not control its system of money. We have not been sovereign since 1913. And then we detached gold completely from the funny money in, in 1971, which has put us on a downward spiral. Because if you look at the... Uh, they look at the timeline, you take us off the gold standard in 1971, and throughout the decade of the 70s, what did you have? Out-of-control inflation and crazy monetary policies to try to get in control of it. Well, we're at the same place now. Just like we had central banks way back in the 1800s. So there's, there's some similarities and some differences. I'm going to draw, uh, as, as we uh, talk a little bit later in the show, uh, about what Andrew Jackson did and, and when you, when you hear some of the things, you know, he, you know, his points as to why he needed to eliminate the bank, because this was an argument that went back and forth, and they really tried really hard to get Andrew Jackson, put a lot of pressure on him to uh, to just let it go, and, and just, just, Andrew Jackson, you can do what you want. Just let us have our bank, and everything will be fine. And, and Andrew Jackson was very suspicious of Great Britain. They were very suspicious of the Bank of England and stood up for this country, and Glenn Beck, Guys like Alex Jones, all these guys were all the same. So these $20 liberties, uh, I, I don't know how, I know we'll try to sell them through the weekend. I don't know where gold and silver will be on Monday. So if you want to get gold at this extraordinarily low price, because gold is up $10 an ounce. I'm going to refresh my screen. But gold is up $10 an ounce while the markets are down. Oil is going up again. It's getting back to $111 to $112. So your, your, your gasoline prices, your diesel, which I saw a diesel on the way in. It was $5.50 a gallon, spiraling out of control. And that gold is up 11 Gold's up about 11, uh, $11.40 now. So uh, gold keeps going up. The markets are keep showing their weakness. And who knows what Monday has in store. So when we get back, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, what did the banks actually do? Let's, let's talk about how they lied to us and cheating us, and then we'll, we'll continue from there. Welcome back to the Patriot Trading News Hour. Once again, the number to call to buy $20 liberties for $2,195, 800-951-0592. There will be a time in the near future, I would say later this year, that we probably won't be getting back to this price uh, if gold has a little slip later in the year, which uh, could happen, maybe, maybe, but I wouldn't. Uh, if you got some savings, are you going to uh, take take it and put it into gold and silver? I would do that immediately because we could see prices uh, start to climb. We could, we could also see, uh, and, and Joe's been reporting, and I've I've watched it. The uh, the availability of gold and silver is getting harder and harder. You know, there's a lot of big people, a lot of big moneyed interests that are uh, loading up now while it's cheaper. So. We could see, I could see when the markets start to really, I mean, it's, it's crashing now. And, you know, crashes happen over time. And if you're looking at what's happening, it's, it really is. In the, you know, when we look back at 2022, 2021, they're going to say it was crashing. This, this was a part of the years of the crash. It just doesn't really feel like it sometimes at the beginning because it's not, you know, a thousand points every day for like, you know, a, a month or two in a row like in 2020. 
when things were going down a thousand points, two thousand points, it'd go up a thousand points, and it'd go down nine hundred points. Uh, that will happen, but it's happening. You know, look at yesterday, almost eleven hundred points. The Dow was down. The Nasdaq was down five percent for one day. You know, a bear market's twenty percent. So, the, so the S and P and the Nasdaq are essentially in bear market anyway. So, uh, it's best to get on gold and silver now because even if gold, uh, if there's a sell-off of everything, uh, even if gold prices were to go down initially, like it did with coronavirus, I think the premiums go up just like it's been doing in silver for two years. Where anytime silver goes down, the premiums stay stronger, and you can't get any cheaper. That's why everyone's paying ten to fifteen dollars over spot for silver now is because nobody's going to give it up for the paper spot price that we all have to look at day to day. So uh, the, the silver quarters, for example, that Joe had on the air yesterday during this show, because the, uh, the silver halves, the, the BUs sold out, you see how fast the silver went with these huge premiums. Gold will do essentially the same thing. So uh, I, would, I, would, I would buckle your uh, seatbelt and get ready for gold to go on a huge ride the rest of the year. And you can start uh, by protecting your your wealth, your savings, by calling 800-951-0592 and get yourself those $20 liberties for 2195 So I was talking, if you didn't listen to the show at all, you've, you've heard us talk in January as, as a FOIA request was brought to light by Glenn Beck, and then nobody else wants to talk about it. And, and, I've, and I've seen on the Internet there's been a few weak attempts to, to, to uh, deny Glenn Beck what he reported, which is the Federal Reserve lied about how much money they're printing, what they're giving out, and then Glenn Beck is just simply following, following the uh, dots and seeing what happened with the the repo market in 2019. You know, very convenient that the markets, which we had just gotten the interest rates up, you know, the Fed got the, got the rates up to about two and a half percent, and then suddenly in 2019 everything got bad. Well, look, look what the Fed did yesterday or uh, two days ago. They 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 boosted the rate up a quarter point, and then and then two days ago another half point, and look at the markets just really freaking out. And it's going to be another half point next month or more. You know, Joe doesn't think uh, three quarters of a point. We don't know. You know, and and look at how much the markets are are freaked out by this just just with a half a point and a quarter point previous. Uh, in 2019, this was happening, and the repo market started freaking out. And they wouldn't say which banks were basically becoming insolvent. But it was happening, okay? And then they put the rates back down to zero, and coronavirus magically appeared. Out of nowhere, here comes a, a pandemic, right? Right in the midst of a, a massive market crash that was getting ready to happen anyways. And, and the, uh, the powers that be did their plunge protection and, and, and crashed the Dow down 40%, and then magically a few months later, they just had it coming up. And gold, gold came down at the same time, and then gold hit all-time record highs in August. We're going to see that happen Again, and I, I'm getting the feeling that this is going to be the, what uh, the, you know, they talk about the new normal. You remember a year ago, two years ago, the new normal could quite, quite literally be market crashes and then markets coming back and markets crashing again. And, and each time it does this, it's going to get harder to come back. And I don't know if we come back from the next one, but if we do, it'll be short lived. I mean, we're only two years out from the big one in 2020. It happens again this year, which it is happening this year. We could have another crash in 2023. This this could be a lot like the Great Depression. In 1929, we had the huge stock market crash that just can it just continued to go on and on. In 1933, it just got worse again. There was no way around it. The Federal Reserve took over in 1913 and was already crashing markets and trying to control everything about American society. 
planning World War II. They planned World War One, and uh, that, then we ended up with a, the whole new world uh, economic system with Bretton Woods. You know, hey, America, great place to be, world new world reserve currency, but the rest of the world became kind of indebted to this new money. So let's talk about what the what the Fed did. I'm gonna have Glenn Beck, uh, you know, illustrate what happened. In, in 2008, 2009, 2010, through 2012, where he thinks everything is going, which I agree with what he says, uh, what they've been doing since. And, uh, and uh, well, when we get back, we'll talk. I want to show you how shady this really is. The 2008 official bailout, officially, TARP, which started the Tea Party because we were so outraged that the government would spend $700 billion on TARP. We thought that was crazy. Remember that number. $700 billion, your money, they just gave it to the banks. We were outraged. And then we had to spend another 750 you know, on infrastructure, $750 billion. So about $1.5 trillion was spent just on these two programs. That was the Tea Party. Then the bank said, the Fed, well, all those banks, remember those banks we showed you, the 12? They aren't, they are struggling because they made some. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our own money, they print it, and we're just going to, we're going to buy all those bad assets for $3.5 trillion. So what they told us at the time that I recorded that was that they had injected $5 trillion into the money supply. Okay. That's what they told us. Here's the problem. Um, that's a lie. All of that is a lie. Okay? The problem is, again, the official number. It's not $5 trillion. A little misleading. The numbers have just been foiled by an independent group. The Fed fought with them all the way to the Supreme Court. We were never supposed to know the truth. These are sealed for two years... But then, then after the two years, the Fed was like, no, we got to seal these for 10 years. Okay, So we haven't known this since 2010. We had no access. These are the 2010 numbers they're just coming out with. We want to thank the Levy Economics Institute. They published these findings. They are the ones who got them released. Between 2008 and 2010, it wasn't this. No. No, they bailed things out a little differently. For instance, they gave Bank of America uh, $1.3 uh, trillion. Then Merrill Lynch, love Merrill Lynch, they got $1.9 trillion. Morgan Stanley, they got $2.0 trillion. And Citibank... 2.5 trillion dollars. Now, I'm not very good at math, but I think those add up to more than this. And actually, no matter how bad of math I am, I'm going to add up and show you what the real number is. It's not 5 trillion. 29 trillion dollars a little more than the official five trillion that we've all been force-fed now if you think you know you're upset now citigroup got all of this merrill lynch all of it okay that's mad that's maddening right but did you know 
that they inflated our money, which is causing your inflation, and they didn't just give it to the banks of the U.S. No, no, no. We were printing and loaning money out to banks all over the world. We gave billions to Scotland and to Germany and Switzerland and the U.K. and France and Belgium. We were never meant to know any of this. It was supposed to be a secret. At $2.5 trillion, the Fed effectively nationalized Citibank. It's also interesting, Citi, because Citi co-owns the New York Fed. Wait a minute. So it's like one hand reaching in, grabbing $2.5 trillion, putting it on the other hand, and that hand puts it into this pocket. That's what's happening. It's public-private partnerships all endorsed by the government. 21st century fascism with you paying the price. Now, this is horribly corrupt, but this is what they want for the entire system with the Great Reset. But now I've got some really bad news because this was just in 2010. Okay, uh, go this way. Uh, what's, what's really interesting here is what's happening lately. Because, do you remember, it was September 2019, before anything was going on with COVID, and I was on this program and I was like, hey, something's wrong. Because they're, they're loaning half a trillion dollars loaned to the banks per week. It started the first 24 hours. It was $50 billion. Hey, if banks are short, we'll, we'll loan you $50 billion. And you got to pay it back within 24. And then it was, you can hold it for a week. And then it was three months. Now I don't even know if there's a time limit. It started at $50 billion, But the last I heard, we were doing $500 billion a week. Okay, that that's was September. This is before the coronavirus, and I said something big is coming. What is what's wrong here? Okay, well let me just let me just show you what's wrong. Because it, it, I mean, if you ever wondered any of that cash directed to foreign banks, oh, the two-year threshold gone by, information just released, um, and we know now where the Fed was sending all of this money. Um, let's go to 3.7. Uh, that went to our good friends in Japan. Don't you love that? 1.5 went to the UK. Uh, 1.4 went to yeah, Germans. So we spent, we, we gave more. We gave more to the Japanese, the United Kingdom, and the Germany than we did our own system. Uh, I mean, officially, <laughs> officially, unofficially, not even close. We are not just collapsing our own system with this crap. We are spreading inflation on a global scale. Another prediction of mine from about 2007, the world will hate us. We have spent trillions and sent trillions to Japan. What's causing all this inflation? Ah, uh, hello. We decided, hey. Is anybody having a problem with inflation? Yep, Japan, two-year high. Um, you know, the 1.5 trillion to the UK, highest inflation in 30 years, so they're on our track. Uh, and Germany, oh, they, you know, Germans love inflation. Uh, thank you very much, Fed. They're up 24 percent, highest since World War II. 
Well, who was involved in World War II? <laughs> All of this predates any of the massive amounts of COVID relief spending. As of now, the official numbers for that are $10 trillion. We're going to hit the break here. I'm going to finish off about another minute of, of, of Glenn Beck. And then uh, we're, going to, we're going to remember some of the stuff he's saying. And then I'm going to go back in history. Because ah, it doesn't really matter. What happened in the 1800s? That doesn't really matter, right? Well, if we would learn from history, maybe we wouldn't let things like a central bank rob from us. We'll be right back. No, sir. Patriot Trading yes, News man. Hour. We're going to finish up with that Glenn Beck piece where he's like, hey, look. Hey, the, the Fed, they, they, boy, they bailed us out. And the too big to fail banks. Well, if you don't bail them out, the... Uh, the entire economy of, of, of America and the world will just collapse. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be covering some content. Uh, I'm going to read some stuff about Andrew Jackson in the 1830s where the same thing happened. You better let us have our bank or the, or the, uh, the whole world will economically collapse. And you know what? They should have just let those banks die. We should have gotten rid of the Federal Reserve and central banking. Uh, sure, the, 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 the powers that be are going to make life miserable. But I'll tell you right now, if we ever yanked the Federal Reserve out of power... Uh, they would make life completely miserable on everybody, especially now, 200 years later, that uh, they have more control, more uh, ownership of the assets that we use every day. But it, it would come back very quickly. It's funny. It's, it's a funny trick that the bankers play. They they, they think they've 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 uh, got us by the throat. But if you simply detach yourself from them, yeah, there's going to be some pain and suffering. But uh, it, it would come back very quickly, and we'll we'll cover that. So let's. Let's finish what uh, Glenn Beck was saying about how bad uh, he's going to talk about $1 trillion a week is potentially what they've been spending since coronavirus. But they're not reporting the lending from the Fed. Those numbers aren't going to be released for another two years. Wait for it. Maybe we won't even find out. Okay? But let's speculate. Let's just, let's just use what we know they've been saying. We know they've been saying it was a trip first a half trillion. Now it's a trillion dollars a week that they were pumping into all of those banks. Okay. So let's just do the math from April 2020 to now has been uh, 95 weeks since April. So again, not good at math. That's $95 trillion. Now, I don't know if that number's true, but it no longer sounds crazy to me because they lied to us about $5 trillion, and we now know officially it was $30 trillion. And that was without the global pandemic. Modern monetary theory is happening right now. So there you go. There you go. That's, you know, a trillion dollars a week. You know, and, and Joe does his best every day to give you the numbers as the Fed reports it, as the government reports it, as the uh, economic system. You know, the, the all the manufacturers, all of the uh, the, the the big businesses, the, the markets, the indices. You know, all the all the indicators like the Dow and the S and P and all this stuff. You know, we, we, we report it as it's shown to us, but it's all a lie. I, I've, uh, many times you'll hear me uh, on uh, with Joe, and I'll say, "Yeah, it's all fake. It's all phony. It's all rigged," because it is. It really, really is. And one thing I want to kind of stress on is I, I uh, go into Andrew Jackson for a little bit. Japan got $3.7 trillion, and, and, they, and they reported officially uh, in, uh, during the uh, housing crash that, that we printed, you know, that we, we gave out $5 trillion. The Fed did $5 trillion in damage control, the, the, the government and the Fed. And the Fed does all the printing anyway. So $3.5 trillion bought up by the, by the Fed, $1.5 trillion for stimulus and and, and uh, building projects and trying to trying to bring back America from this 
really bad crash. But then right there in the FOIA request, $3.7 trillion to Japan? How does that help America? How about $1.5 trillion to, to uh, England? $1.4 to Germany? And that's just the three countries he mentioned. So remember this. Now, I'll give you. I'll, I'll do a really quick history on Andrew Jackson. Um, born in America, uh, his uh, his early years. His dad died early on, and uh, then the war for independence happened. And his mom, you know, would help with soldiers and did the best she could, and ended up uh, getting sick and dying. His his brother and him were both captured. Eighty, and he was like a teenager, was like thirteen years old. And they were helping, you know, helping out the cause, and they were caught, and they were put in, in jail. And uh, a, a, a saber, a sword, was slashed across Andrew Jackson's hand and face because he wouldn't clean the boots of a British officer. Uh, this is the kind of men we used to have in this country. Uh, developed a big hatred for the for the uh, the British and the and the Bank of England, you know. And I don't, I don't think as a kid he really knew what the Bank of England was. He just knew that he hated the British. Well, the British in Great Britain and King George, they were all controlled by the Bank of England. Central banking was well on its way to global dominance. So, as he he grew older, he self-educated, often on schooling. He became a lawyer by his own teachings, and he was considered a capable lawyer. But those that were really in college and really for higher education, they, they considered Andrew Jackson really stupid because he didn't really take a lot of years and just immerse himself into college and, and become a, a highly educated. He was he was more connected to the common man. He was our first log cabin president. So he uh, became a lawyer. Yeah, he became a soldier. He became a congressman. He became a senator. He became a governor. I mean, this is the guy that, I mean, you talk about uh, public service. This was the guy, right? He was the, uh, the, the hero of the, uh, the Battle of New Orleans, you know, uh, old hickory, right? So... He ran for president in 1824, and this is where the bankers uh, had a bank in, 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 uh, in play. They had the first bank of the United States, which was chartered in 1791, right after the Constitution was ratified. Bang, we had central bank, and they basically convinced our brand-new government because you don't know how to handle money, and we have all this war debt to France and other places. We are, you know, we're already in debt. Hey, England and the Bank of England especially, they did they did their job. Did they lose the war? I don't know. They got their central bank. Maybe they couldn't tax us like crazy and and uh, and, and uh, take all of our assets in, in payment of those taxes. They couldn't just take your whole field or take your all your, everything you're mining or whatever your goods are for your, your your business. They couldn't do it directly, but indirectly with interest paid on loans, they were they were benefiting heavily from the American system. Well, that central bank went for 20 years, and then we got rid of that bank. That by one vote in Congress, they they's like, well, you know what? We're we, here. We are 20 years later, and this central bank isn't really working. And there were still some common sense, you know, smart uh, American politicians that just looked at the facts and then voted against a a uh, recharter of the first bank of the United States. They got rid of it, and the War of 1812 commenced. Uh, that war was, you know, you know, as we're taught in school, we won that war too. We got rid of the British. That's twice we beat them. Yeah. Well, but. With huge war debt came the second bank of the United States. Did we really win that war? And this second bank was much worse than the first bank. Okay? So now we have war loans, uh, and, and, we're, and we're, we're back in debt, and uh, the banks are, are starting to roll in it again. You know, the Bank of England, the mother bank. You know, now we have the second bank of the United States. And that was a 20-year charter. So 
1824, Andrew Jackson was, uh, was running for president, and some banker-backed candidates, Henry Clay and uh, John Quincy Adams. And, and John Quincy Adams was a little more independent. Uh, Henry Clay worked for the banks. He's your typical modern politician. He was, he's worked with the banks. He has his, his, his interests. And, uh, well, what happened was is Andrew Jackson won that election. He had the most uh, delegates. He had the most uh, votes. But he didn't get 50% because there were four men running. And uh, John Quincy Adams got second, so Henry Clay did very poorly. So Henry Clay and uh, John Quincy Adams, they had a corrupt bargain. They got you know, went into a smoke-filled room, and, then, and Henry Clay got a good position, gave his votes to John Quincy Adams. And now Andrew Jackson saw what a banker-backed candidate can do to an electoral system. And he runs for president in 1828. And well, wait till you hear what happens and, and what Andrew Jackson says about the banks when we get back. Patriot Trading News Hour. Uh, give us a call, 800-951-0592. Get yourself into some hard money savings. Uh, get that money out of the bank. Don't be foolish. Uh, you're going to hold it for even six months to a year, especially if you're going to hold it for longer than a year. There's no reason not to put it in gold and silver because you are going to retain the value of your savings. Your hard-earned time is sitting in those digits. And they steal it from you. The central banks have learned that the idea of money, if you control that that idea, you can control the people and you get to steal their time. That They're not really stealing their money from you, these central bankers. They're stealing your time. While you're running like a rat in that wheel, not getting anywhere, uh, you're providing them with all the energy and resources they need for their nice, comfy, easy lives. So give us a call, 800-951-0592. I was talking about Andrew Jackson. You know, he... He lost the, the election in 1824. He won the election, but, you know, you know, you got to have more than 50%. So it went to the House of Representatives. They were gonna, you know, that, that's actually what happens if you don't get 50% of the vote. We, we almost had this happen in 1992 with Ross Perot, but uh, that's another, another story. But, uh, yeah, corrupt bargain. The bankers got together, and they, uh, they got in a smoke-filled room, and Henry Clay's like, here, take my delegates, and you win. And we get rid of that anti-banker. Get rid of Andrew Jackson. No, we don't want him. And, and so I think that the, the country was, was shocked by this result, and Andrew Jackson was infuriated in his supporters, his party, uh, which there wasn't a party until 1828. Now you have the Democrat Party, the Democrat Republicans. And, and here, here comes 1828, and, and, and Andrew Jackson is just blown into office. You know, Henry Clay didn't have a uh, – uh, John Quincy Adams didn't have a prayer in a one-on-one election versus Andrew Jackson. So, so now Andrew Jackson's president, and he's like, you know what? I'm getting rid of that bank. That thing is evil. It's destroying. You know, we, we, economically, we just can't move forward in this country. They're stealing from us. And they played a funny game. So that 20-year that, that charter, these were 20-year charters for these central banks. It was 1816 after the War of 1812 had ended in 1815. They, the new bank guy, you know, got his charter in 1816. So the, the charter was set to end in 1836. So the election of 1832 meant whoever wins that election is going to be able to control the next charter. If you have Henry Clay winning the election of 1832, then he will uh, take his banker friends and recharter and and happy days, right? But 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 Andrew Jackson in 1828, his first term, he's like, I'm getting rid of the bank now. And so Henry Clay got together and let me let me read a few things here and and uh, they they are there. Oh, Andrew Andrew Jackson might not even let us get a shot at this new recharter. We better do something. He's he's president now. Uh, the renewal of the Bank of the United States Charter came up before Congress in the summer of 1832. So, what was happening was is 
in the summer of 1832, they're in the middle of a, a, a re-election of Andrew Jackson. They decided, hey, we'll give him so much heat that he won't be able to, to uh, you know, we'll show the whole country how powerful the bank is. He, even Andrew Jackson's not tough. Old Hickory's not tough enough if, if everybody in the country is really pushing for this bank as far as the powers that be, not the people. Battle lines were drawn with Jackson and his supporters on one side and his opponents, including Daniel Webster, Henry Clay, Nicholas Biddle of the bank on the other. Clay was on retainer from the bank, encouraged Congress to bring the matter of renewal early to resolution in 1832 to forestall any future actions that Andrew Jackson was getting ready to do. The bill was determined in the Senate on June 11, 1832, and passed by a vote of 28 to 20. So the Senate's like, yep, let's recharter to the bank. Just enough banker-backed candidates to get that thing in. It was voted upon in the House of Representatives on July 3rd, and it was passed early recharter of the Congress, 109 votes to 76. So from, from 1824 to 1832, in those eight years, they got a lot. They were really building their banker-backed candidates to keep this theft of the people in place. So here it is, July 4th. All the pressure on Andrew Jackson, his supporters, a lot of, a lot of the, the political supporters and the new political party, the Democrats, they're all, you know what, man? If he's getting advice, you, you better, you know, this, this, this may not be good for us because if you, if you veto this thing and things go bad, you know, that's it. We're, we're done. So from every side, Andrew Jackson was getting the, we have, to, we have to leave this bank alone. We have to let them have their powers. And on July 4th, Andrew Jackson vetoed the recharter. The recharter. So here's a message that was prepared with some help of uh, Amos uh, Kendall and Roger Tanney, uh, Levi Woodbury, uh, Andrew Donaldson. Uh, they, they put together their, their, you know, and this is Andrew Jackson and his people. They, they put together a a list of reasons as to why this is why we cannot have a bank. And then just listen to some of this, how brilliant and how just common sense minded this stuff is. Eight Eight things he said. Number one. Bank stock valued, uh, the bank stock, the second bank of the United States, is, is valued at $8 million and is held by foreigners. If the bank were to be rechartered, the stock would increase by 20 to 30%, thus making this a gift to foreigners without the slightest advantage accruing to the American citizen. Number two, if it is granted that the bank, uh, if it is granted the bank is a monopoly, then a fair price such as $17 million should be charged for it instead of the 200000 that the government would receive under this current arrangement with the party. They're saying that, hey, the bank is supposed to be kicking back profits to, uh, to America for, for giving them their charter, and then, uh, it's not happening. Number three, the Bank of the United States Charter excludes any national competition other private interests have offered to take a charter on terms more favorable to the United States than offered by the Second Bank of the United States. Hey, no comp competition is a sin, Rockefeller, right? Number four, the, the Bank of the United States extends more favorable terms to its branches than, it, uh, than to, uh, to general citizens. For example, the St. Louis branch can readily have its notes accepted anywhere on par whereas a merchant in St. Louis has no such possibility and must offer his paper at a discount outside the city. I'm going to give a few more of the reasons why, you know, why uh, Andrew Jackson and the anti-bankers knew that this is 
we can't have this bank anymore. We got to get rid of it. By the way, they offered a fifty thousand dollar reward to people that eh, somebody just happens to kill the president. You know, someone might get fifty thousand dollars. It was kind of rumored. It was out there, right? Andrew Jackson, first president they tried to kill, eighteen thirty-five. We'll be right back. All right, final segment, Patriot Trade News Hour. If you want a uh, $20 Liberties, one ounce old gold coins, $2,195, give us a call at 800-951-0592. Now, Andrew Jackson killed the bank, killed the central bank, and, and uh, there would not be a central bank in place after the 1830s until 1913. He essentially destroyed the central bank's ability to steal from the American public for 80 years. Now, there was other ways the bankers were causing trouble in those 80 years, uh, including the Civil War and uh, a whole lot of depressions and problems because that's how you you get people to capitulate uh, to, to your power. But Andrew Jackson stood firm. They tried to kill him, uh, and he, he stood strong, and, and it was really for the American people. I, I'm going to read a few more of these, uh, the reasons why he, he vetoed the early recharter of the bank in 1832 on uh, Independence Day. These are some of the reasons, and uh, these reasons are so well stated. Uh, bank stock held by foreigners cannot be taxed, thus depriving the government of revenue and giving foreign-held stock a value of 10 to 15% higher than the stock held by the Americans. As states can tax only the amount of stock held by its own citizens in the state, and, must, uh, and most stock is held by out-of-state people, branches can operate within a state of a favorable tax advantage. You know, Andrew Jackson paid off the national debt after doing this with tariffs and Western land movement. And, uh, you know, hey, you know, know, that's that's how it worked. There was no federal income tax. He didn't need federal income tax. He could print the money of the United States, and he had it backed by gold. Uh, Let's see. oh, Oh, of the 25 directors, five are appointed by the government, the rest by stockholders who are required to be American citizens. The rechartering of the bank would accelerate the flow of stock into foreign hands, eventually giving the reduced number of Americans the power to vote the 20 directors in, even though those Americans might actually own a small amount of the stock. It, they would not be able to reelect themselves from year to year. And who would yield a power dangerous to the institutions of our country? Basically saying, this central bank... Yeah, it looks like Americans could, 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 can control this, but after, you know, the 20 of the, the positions would eventually be foreign held, which that's where we're at today. If most of the stock goes to foreign interests in a given country, we can go to war with that country. All of the operations of the bank within would be, uh, would be, would be to aid hostile fleets. He's basically saying, look, uh, foreign, foreign entities, if we go to war, we're paying for them to go to war with us because we're paying them uh, you know, returns on this central bank power. So, so there you, you know, think about what Glenn Beck said earlier in the show. As we're going to come to the end of, the, of this hour. Hey, we, you know, back in 2008, yeah, we gave uh, we gave 3.7 trillion to Japan. Now yeah, we gave you know, 1.5 trillion to the UK and, and, and to Germany. That's that's not for America. That's not for this country. We've lost our sovereign ability to run our own country. And, and for people that like the global system and think that's great, well, uh, eventually you give all the power into one source, and that one source will then wrest all freedoms and liberties away from you. So, 
do everything you can to keep your yourself as free as possible. And, and uh, when it comes to economics, yeah, there's ways to invest and make money, and I, I'm, I'm all for it. But when it comes to saving and holding the value of your savings, it's gold and silver. 800 951 It's a great day. Gold is up. The market's down. We're holding that price for, for the weekend on $20 Good Liberties. Joe and I will be back on Monday.